For anybody that's ever experienced us here at Fitness Lying Down, we do make a difference. Where people are like, hey, I just want to say thanks for making those changes in my program because, you know, my joints hurt, my hip has been bugging me for a while. I woke up with vertigo the other day. So thanks for making my program to a point where I'm not spinning around and doing these things that are going to aggravate my vertigo. That's not going to aggravate my sore hip. Like I get a charge out of making these, these audibles at the line. Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Lying Down podcast where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Kripe. Have you ever had one of those days, right? You're just tired, you're worn out, nothing is going your way. It's, It's almost emotionally draining to get to the next hour. Well, today is not that day, all right? Happy New Year 2023 as we start this new year. Exciting, it is. And, you know, thinking about the last two podcasts that we've had with uh, the one and the only Josh Henkin, you know, it is. It's exciting, the new year, ringing in. I mean, but it's not, I don't want to consider it like a fresh start. I just want to consider it like a newer way of doing things. You know, so it's not so much about the hard resolutions, it's how can I implement something in my life, maybe take something away that can just provide a little bit more better. And so whatever that is for you, maybe, maybe you're trying to find 10 more extra minutes a day of physical activity. Maybe you're trying to find 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of something where you just get to kind of unplug, right? Turn off the phone, turn off the computer, read a book, just do something for you. You know, I mean, those the small little changes. And again, that ripple effect. And I think that we had some amazing conversations these last couple weeks. And if you didn't get a chance to tune in, make sure you look at last week's podcast episode with Josh, where we talk about being having a new year with a better you. So it's not so much a new year and new you. Okay, I want to quickly talk about, I think, I think my colleagues out there, the other fitness professionals out there that are listening, um, the maybe two or three of you, but then again, this is good for everyone else listening. If you're not in the industry, is to think about, you know, earlier I was talking about not having a good day, just, you know, draining emotionally are the hours and what have you. And so I hear this a lot in the gym when people talk about me. Now this, this is not about me fluffing me up, okay? Because I can do that well enough. But I think it just shows when you are, when you're, it's, it's different to be passionate, right? And we've, I think I've mentioned this before. There's passion and then there's purpose. So if I'm passionate about something, you know, there's that moment where it's like the fire burns bright, but then like any other kind of campfire, that fire just ends up going away. And so what we want to talk about is keeping that fire bright. Now, we're not cheerleading, right? That's the thing. As when I'm on the floor, I'm not cheerleading. But what I hear from our clients a lot of times, is how energetic I am about this and how they call it passionate. You know, they can see how much this means to me. And I think being in the industry this long, and I mean owning this gym for over eight years now, that I am 
as much, if not more, excited about what we do here at Fitness Line Down than I was when we first opened up the doors. And that's because of purpose. Because when you can have that purpose and you know why you are doing something, then you can have that high energy. But then there's also this. In the fitness industry, we are only allowed two kind of days. Good days and great days. Because as you're working with people and building these relationships and building this trust. Now, yes, we have days where things go wrong. But I can't necessarily show that on the training floor. right? And what it actually makes it easy for me is even if I am having an off day, and I do, I tell you what, I do have these days. Like sometimes I have these weeks where I wake up on a Monday and I'm like, I don't mean to be negative about it, but it's just like you can feel it in your soul. This is not the week. You know, this is not going to be a week of the high energy, what have you. However, as soon as my foot hits the threshold of that training floor, there's something that happens. So I'm going to date myself a little bit. There's this movie called Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. It was an arm wrestling movie back in the 80s. And if you know what I'm talking about, you should be equally ashamed of yourself. But, you know, it is a good movie. However, there's this point where, you know, he's a truck driver, right? And he's got a son, and I don't know who the wife... I think the wife... No, the, I don't know if they ever got married, but the mother of the son passed away, and the son, um, her family is of money, where Sylvester Stallone's character is, you know, again, a truck driver, probably not well-to-do. So he's trying to get the father to accept him so he can have his son. It's just a big, uh, big drama. However... You know, he's an arm wrestling athlete. Um, I don't know if he's a champion quite yet. But he talks about when he gets to the match and he's getting set up to arm wrestle another person, that he will turn his head around. And he says something changes in his demeanor, changes in his, in his mode. And I think that's going to be the same thing, is that when I walk out onto the training floor, it is go time. And I get really excited about that. I get excited about that. Why? Because we're making a difference. I mean, it's a true story. Like, I know every gym could say, hey, we help people. People get better. People get stronger. They get more flexible. They reach their goals. They lose weight. And, you know, there's some credit to that. I'm not going to poo-poo that. However, for anybody that's ever experienced us here at Fitness Lying Down, we do make a difference. I mean, people come in. And, you know, I see this thing snowballing so much and I got something I want to talk about too. But like, it's just, it feels like there's this theme going on this week, this new, new week of the new year where people are like, hey, I just want to say thanks for making those changes in my program because, you know, my joints hurt. My hip has been bugging me for a while. I woke up with vertigo the other day. Vertigo, not vertigo. I woke up with vertigo the other day. You know, I'm going to the doctor today to get that checked out and hopefully uh, treated. So thanks for making my program to a point where I'm not spinning around and doing these things that are going to aggravate my vertigo. That's not going to aggravate my sore hip. And I, I, I always tell people, this is what we do. Like, I get a charge out of making these, these audibles at the line, right? So I make these changes. I'm like, okay, this is not going to work today. What are we going to do to make sure that this person is successful as they leave our space? And so I know people, they feel like they're a burden to us, but you're a paying client in our gym. And, you know, unlike other gyms that don't charge a lot of money, I mean, you are investing into this gym and you're investing for the right reasons. 
so that when you come here, if you have that bum hip, if you have a shoulder problem, maybe you do have vertigo. Um, and again, the cases of vertigo, all this stuff, like different levels, but you know, most times you're probably going to rest. And I say that with my air quotes. You know, you're going to take a day off of the gym to rest your body parts. And I think to some degree there is some merit to that. You know, I like to rest, but it's more of an active rest. So I, you know, and yes, I do veg, okay? I, I veg out, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. New, well, New Year's, I tell you what, New Year's Eve, I actually was pretty active New Year's Eve. Uh, played basketball, did some other, uh, took some long walks. And that's probably why I made it to like 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And then Sunday we had to travel back. But I have been known to not do a whole lot. And that's okay. I think we can be afforded those days. But they cannot be a lot in a, in a short amount of time. They're very spread out. Um, but when I have like an active recovery day, this might be a day where I spend all my time out for a nice brisk walk. This might be a day where I, I do more of a res restorative program in my session, meaning I'm not going intense with the weight or even the movements. I'm just having a good treat your body well kind of day. You know, I mean, there's the days where, yes, I do. I don't beat my body up like I once did, but some of those intense sessions, I mean, you know, there is that physical component to it where I'm more pooped out because of it. Where if I take down that intensity and I give myself the permission, this has been such a struggle for me in the early years of my uh, days in the gym, is every day I get to the gym, it has to be 100%. I have to give it everything I have and probably even more. And it's okay to not give it everything you have. It's okay to say, you know what, today I'm going to use a lighter weight. Today I'm going to use less reps. Today I'm going to actually change something dramatically where I'm not even going to do that exercise and I'm going to do something that, that makes me feel good. You know, that it actually, it feels like I benefit from it because I get a little more mobile. It's, it's one of those movement opportunities, if you will. So for me, I mean, as a, just a gym rat, it was always hard to do that. But now it's actually pretty fun. And putting those in those right days, having the right strategy. So maybe after a really high intense session, it's nice to have that, that active recovery day. It tends to be that Fridays, you know, I'm not geared up for a session like of all the days of the week i mean this is like confessions of a trainer here of all the days of the week friday is probably the one that i could easily talk myself out of a session because listen monday i came in had a great session tuesday i rocked it wednesday i had an amazing walk you know i pumped my arms i got the heart rate going thursday i had another intense session so you know what i'm going to reward myself i'm going to take friday and actually, I found out that rewarding myself is showing up on Friday and doing less intense things. And that really helps to get me. Now, maybe it's because I'm about to be 44 this year. So I'm not young, but I'm not old either. But my body's in that point where it's like, it's nice to go into the weekend with a, if you will, lubricated body. You know, they say motion is lotion, right? So instead of just not doing much and, you know, granted, I am on the training floor. I'm moving around because I'm showing people their exercises. But to, to have that session for myself, to reward myself for, hey, a job well done this week. Let's have a good session. Let's just have a nice session. You break a, you break a little sweat. Now, I don't chase the sweat. We don't chase the soreness. But yeah, I mean, press out squats, beautiful. Let's do some good mornings, maybe some dead bugs, some nice simple presses to get a little bit more mobility in the shoulder, some stability in the shoulder blade. I, you know, it's so beautiful. So 
wow, where did I go with all of that? I think I started with the good days and the great days. And that's so true. Um, <laughs> and I, oh man, I so digress and I apologize because then I go off about other things. But when we make that difference, we have to do so in a manner that's we're not up and down with our emotions. Like I said, we're human, right? Something bad happens in our life. It's going to be a hard thing to process. I'm going to share this right now. When my stepfather died, um, dang, I forget the year, I apologize, but we're coming up on the anniversary of his death. I visited him on a Tuesday morning. And so I think this was like 2016. I'm pretty sure it's 2016 because the gym was pretty new. And it was just myself and my business partner. And I had to take, I had to take that Tuesday off because I was finding out that he was very close to passing. He died of pancreatic cancer. And I wanted to be there. And it was up in Eau Claire. So I was able to manage to get the entire day off, which is pretty amazing because I was the only one training people throughout the day. But we, you know, people of course are accepting and they're gracious and we were able to reschedule their sessions that day. And so I arrived, I arrived on a, a Tuesday and I spent the day with him. It was beautiful, I was with my family. Um, it was a great time as we um, had that end of life, I guess you could say. But I remember seeing towards the end, a lot of family members were saying goodbye to him. And I'm like, wow, he's, he's not going to go today. Um, and I'm going to have to say goodbye to this guy because, you know, it sounds bad maybe, but I have to go to work the next day. And I, I know I only had to go to work the next day. So a little personal here. I apologize for anybody that's like wanting to hear the meat and potatoes of everything going on. It was almost, I, I don't want to be so like cliche about this, but... If anybody remembers that Brett Favre game against the Oakland Raiders, like the day after his dad died, and he like threw all these touchdowns and had a heck of a game, and he did that in honor of his dad, that's kind of where I was because I feel like I'm in this industry mainly because of him to begin with. He got me going for strength conditioning and exercise and things like this. And so for me, I know he was very proud of the fact that I was starting a business and I was doing what I've what I was made to do. So I said goodbye to him. It was a very powerful goodbye. And I drove home and the next day, yeah, I'm training people. And I told my brother, I'm like, listen, send me a text when he goes, like, I need to know. And I, so I'm, I'm hanging out and, you know, but it's good to be in this environment. It's good to be around the people that we train that helps to build you up and things like this. So as much as the pending death of my stepfather, it was always on my mind, it didn't weigh me down. I was still able to get on because I felt like everything I was doing was to honor him, I guess. And so maybe it's selfish. I don't know. <laughs> but that's, that's where my mind was set at, was I was honoring him. And so shortly before, I remember, it was right before 4.30 group training that day. And my brother sends me the text. And, you know, I said a prayer. Um, and I just, you know, kind of said goodbye in my heart. And I got going with that session. And I remember one client actually reamed me out um, because she knew, like, she didn't know he had just passed, but she knew he was dying. And she's like, what are you doing here? And, you know, I said, I'm, I'm right where I need to be. And, you know, we had a heck of a session. It was great. I finished off that day. We were able to take off some time at the end of the week because, of course, he did pass. So we went to the funeral. I mean, and I, I feel no... I feel no guilt about this. I feel no shame. I felt like, once again, like I honored him with what I did. 
and I was able to go pay my last respects to him and you know all this stuff and I just know that this is what I was made to do now I'm praying that there's no other deaths that will really affect I mean there's been people that have died people that have been really close to me in this time frame that have you know that have died and I've still been able to work and go to their funerals and I've been able to do what I needed to do however again it doesn't weigh me down you know because I am able to bring my best to every session whether I'm kind of emotionally in the dumps whether my energy is a little low once I cross the threshold of that training floor as I mentioned there is just some switch that turns on and the people the people that we train give it's like it's almost like this economy of like energy right people come in maybe they're a little drained but all of a sudden you kind of you breathe energy into them through the exercises they get excited the energy comes back it's like this economy of energy back and forth right and it's circular cyclical and it is i again i don't mean to be all like gushy and mushy and things like this especially the first podcast of 2023 but that's where that went <laughs> if it made any sense Thank you. If it didn't make any sense, you know what? I will give you your money back for listening to this. I promise. All the money you paid to listen to this, I will refund it 100%. Now let's move on to the main topic, the main event. You know, I feel like, and into the spring, standing, okay, whatever. Let's talk about obliques. We haven't talked about obliques at all. Now we talked about core training, and this all ties in together, as the obliques do. Um... So if you don't know anatomically where your obliques are, they're on your sides, okay? And you have internal and external obliques. One, like if you, if you kind of like hugged yourself and the way your hands are wrapped around your body, that will be one set of those obliques. And then if you think if you put your hands in your pockets and now the way that your arms wrap around that way, that's the other set of obliques. So they kind of crisscross on the side. And we see this bastardized in gyms. Like, and what I mean by that is we see people, of course, train their body in a way that it was not made to move. So when we do things that we want to isolate, and we all know out there, it's not about isolation. It's about integration. But gyms, right? Trainers, we're, we can be kind of a wreck. We want to isolate things because we want you to A, feel the burn, right? Do you feel the burn? Because that's, then you know exactly which muscle you're working, which individual muscle you're working because we, we train in a vacuum because we move in a vacuum and that's false. Absolutely false. Integration. But we also want to like spot exercise that so we can improve that area. So maybe, you know, I just, oh, it, it gives me a headache right now to think, but I used to be part of this problem was... Not necessarily spot reduction, but if you want your if you want your abs to look better, you know we got to work on that part, and that's going to make your abs feel better, and it's going to make them look better. But when you go against the grain of human movement, meaning when you train the body the way it was not meant to move, there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be consequences. As I tell my children, every action has a consequence. It could be positive or negative. So when we train our obliques in the gym old ways of training. One of the most popular exercises out there is what they call the Russian twist. So here's the issue with the Russian twist. Number one, you're holding on to this medicine ball. And usually what happens is when you're holding on to this round spherical implement, you have to push into it a little bit as you grab. Well, that pushing 
what happens to your shoulders? So if you can just imagine yourself pushing into a ball, your shoulders rise up and they round in. And so that actually dissociates, it disconnects the lats. And if anybody's been listening to this, those lats are so important for core stability because they're like the top part of your core muscles. Remember, we recognize that there's up to 35 muscles that make up your core. So it's not just about these fancy obliques and that six pack thing. There's so many more muscles on top and down below in your body, inside. These really, you know, we got the superficial and then you got the internal muscles, these deep muscles. And so when I, when I do this and I disconnect my lats, I'm already losing that stability. I'm losing that core connection. So that's why we use the ultimate sandbag for a lot of these kind of drills. Now, we don't do Russian twists with the sandbag. However, whenever I grab onto the bag, the ultimate sandbag, I pull the bag apart. Now, what happens when I pull the bag apart? My shoulders descend and they, they stretch out a little bit. So then I, now it's become a lat engagement. And now I have plugged the lats in. And that makes my core shine brighter than a Christmas tree in December. So the implement makes a big difference. If I'm holding on to a medicine ball or a dumbbell, I see people do this dumbbells as well. But as you hold on to the dumbbell, you have to push in to keep holding. So we want to be pulling things apart to get that core response. Now I usually try to put, well, I don't, but when people look at these Russian twists, they put their legs up and then they move the ball side to side. Depending on maybe they might be able to touch the ground, but sometimes, most of the time they can't. And sometimes when they do touch the ground, it ends up being this bounce effect with the medicine ball. Well, as I'm doing this, I'm turning and I feel my, my sides start, start burning. You know, I start smoking them up, right? But then what usually happens is that my low back starts being affected. And the reason why is because the way I'm set up is that my lumbar spine, that low back area, is starting to move more than it should. So yes, even though I move my shoulders around, the way that my shoulders are moving and my hips are moving counter to those shoulders is putting a lot of torque on the low back. It's putting a lot of torque on the vertebrae and the discs between those vertebrae. And this is going to cause those pain sensations. So when people usually get done doing this, it's like the low back that's bothering them. And then if you do that long enough, well, guess what's going to happen, my friends? Most likely an injury. So the, the answer I have to this in the DVRT world here at Fitness Lying Down is what we call a max arc. In one of our more popular positions here, body positions, we're in a half kneeling position. So I have one knee on the ground, I have one foot um, in front of me. So think about when I propose to my wife, right? <laughs> Take that kneeling position. Now I'm gonna be grabbing onto an ultimate sandbag onto the handles. Now, as I mentioned, the difference between those Russian twists and this max arc, and max means multi-axial. So multi, max, I think we talked about this before. Max does not mean maximum or whatever, multi-axial. So they grab onto these handles. What do I do with my handles? I pull them apart and that becomes big into the lats. And you might look at this and you see the way my shoulders are moving and how the implement's moving around my body. And you're like, well, what's the difference? That looks like a Russian twist to me. But because of my setup with my legs, that now because of where they are, my hips have a little bit more stability. Um, and what I mean by, actually, actually, my low back is more stability because my hips are opened up, so they're a little bit more mobile. So I'm able to move the ultimate sandbag around in the same manner that we would do pretty much for the Russian twists, but without putting that impact on my back. So I'm getting the obliques working, yes, 
but the obliques are working as they ought to. And as that, what I mean by that is they're stabilizing. They're preventing the rotation in the low back. So all that rotation that you see is coming from the shoulder area, the thoracic spine. And that exactly, my friend, is where that rotation should be taking place, not at the low back. So when I'm doing my Russian twist, yes, I'm moving through the shoulders, but I'm also twisting pretty hardcore through the low back, causing those issues. So we don't let friends do... Friends don't let friends do ab crunches, as I'm trying to think about the shirt. But friends also shouldn't let friends do Russian twists because it's just ugly and it hurts. And who wants to hurt? Now, another popular oblique, using my air quotes once again, oblique exercise, are those crazy side bends. Now, what's I, I, I'm about to say, what's up with that? I, I was like the Jerry Seinfeld. But, and I say that acting like I've never, ever done the side bend in my life. And yes, my hand is raised high. Not only have I done them, but I've coached them and put them in programs. And why? Well, because that's all I knew at the time, right? I mean, it's, it's an exercise-based industry to the most part. And so when you find people that are like, oh, these exercises are really good. And we're talking about like these respected professionals, these respected trainers telling us that these bends, you know, work to help eliminate side fat and, you know, what have you. Well, you just jump on that train because everybody else is doing it. So it's got to work. But once again, what, what's the issue with the side bend? And why does it go against the grain when, we, when we're talking about human movement? As I talked about in the Russian twist, those obliques through the whole core musculature is trying to prevent a lot of that unwanted motion. So in the Russian twist, we found out that unwanted motion is the rotating, the turning, the torquing. Well, here what we're doing is we're allowing such lateral movement side to side through the trunk. We're not meant to be like that. I mean, how many times do you walk and you look like Gumby going back and forth and your body just like goes back and forth with that? You notice when you walk, actually, everything is trying to prevent a any of that lateral shifting. So you shouldn't be walking like that. You know, you think about the runway models and apparently it's part of their industry that when they walk, they should be having those hips sway back and forth and their bodies should be moving like that. That's not human movement. Okay, that's, that's an occupational hazard for those models. We want to eliminate that movement. So if we're trying to eliminate that movement, why are we producing that movement in the gym? Under load, nonetheless. Because usually people are holding like a heavy kettlebell, dumbbell, or a an Olympic plate in one hand as they go back and forth side to side as they're bending. So what's the answer for me? I say my answer for that one, pretty much side planks. Why side planks? Um, because side planks is a way that you prevent that unwanted motion. It's a way that you can practice resisting frontal plane. What do I, what do I mean by frontal plane? For anybody that hasn't been here before, we have three planes of motion. We have our sagittal, frontal, and transverse plane. Sagittal is the plane where I move forward and backwards and up and down. So, you know, if I got my feet flat, I'm squatting, that's sagittal plane. If I'm lying on my back doing a bench press, gross, but that's sagittal plane. If I'm doing a standing overhead press, both feet flat on the ground, sagittal plane. Even a reverse lunge is going to be sagittal plane because I'm moving up and down. Frontal plane. Now that's movement side to side. So if I do like a lateral lunge, lateral power clean or anything moving to the side, that's frontal plane. When I'm walking, I want to prevent frontal plane movement in my walk pattern, in my gait pattern. So if I'm lunging to the side, dude, 
all the frontal plane you can handle. But you got to resist rotational. You got to resist the transverse plane. I can't go there. It's too much. I, I don't have enough time to talk about all that. I just want you to know, when you're walking in the sagittal plane, you are moving forward, but you are preventing frontal plane movement. You don't want to be moving side to side. And there is like a little bit of transverse movement because there's a little rotation, barely. Okay. So side planks. So if you imagine yourself lying on your side, right? And you drive up away from the ground. So you push the floor away. That's one of my favorite cues to use for the side planks is I say, anybody can lift themselves up off the ground, but not everyone can drive the floor away. So we're looking for the same result, but the two different intentions. Because when I drive the floor away, I've created that tension. And now that side that's closer to the floor, I want to drive that up so that my spine, if you looked at me on the floor in that way, my spine is absolutely straight. It might be angled because if I have my legs bent, um, there's going to be a little bit of an angle, but it should be straight. There shouldn't be any sagging down. So meaning the hip closest to the floor should not be sagging down where my spine is affected because of that. So if I can hold a really solid side plank, and we know in the DVRT world, we use in restoration, including that ultimate sandbag is going to make for a more, let's call it effective side plank. But I'm fighting that frontal plane. And my obliques are doing exactly what they are designed to do. Preventing frontal plane motion. So you're able to hold that neutral position without being tempted to sway down. And if anybody out there knows, the leg threads are a fantastic exercise as well. So you can really smoke your obliques in a way with the leg thread, with the side planks, but in a way that's more integrated through the entire body. And that's the thing is because if we start isolating, if we start trying to nitpick our core muscles, and I mean, you just can't, you cannot isolate body parts. I mean, it's just impossible. You can do a lot of work on a body part, but this whole body's connected. So even if I sit down in this whole preacher curl, I don't know if anybody, or if anybody knows about these preacher curls, right? I sit down, there's this bench where I rest my arms on this bench. It's kind of like a V-shaped bench, but upside down. So I rest my arms on the bench. I've got the barbell in my hand. And so I isolate my upper arms as I curl my hands to my shoulders because I'm isolating my biceps to grow bigger biceps things are still being affected. I'm not just 100% only working my biceps. I mean, even if I'm seated, there's still muscles and body parts that are affected because of that. I can't go to that either. It's just so many rabbit holes that I've opened up here, but I got to stay the course. I've got to finish with our obliques and our core. But if I try to isolate these body parts, these core muscles especially, I start messing with the timing. And that is going to be efficient problems here, efficiency problems. Because if I start messing with the timing and things don't fire the way that things should fire at the right time, then I'm going to have issues with how I move. I'm going to end up building compensations. And then enough compensations and enough issues start building up, the body's going to send that pain signal because something is just not working right. So to integrate, to integrate through that max arc in the half kneeling position, that is going to be critical. And for anybody that's listening to this in audio, I'm going to try to remember, I'm making a, at the website, I have the blog post, so if you're just like, I don't even know what this guy's talking about, what's a half kneeling max arc? I'm going to have a video of that in the, uh, in the website, so I'm going to put that link in the show notes here. I'm also going to show the side bend, 
versus the leg thread. Because that leg thread, once again, is integrated. The hands and the feet are on the floor and everything is connected. So whatever hand is on the ground, that lad is connected to whatever foot's on the ground, that glute. And that creates more of a synergistic relationship between the obliques, but between the rest of the core muscles through the rest of the body. So this is one reason why it's just like we got to start rethinking how we train in the real world here. Meaning when I go to my typical gym and I'm doing these very popular typical bodybuilding exercises, are they the best solution? Just because you can do them doesn't mean should you do them. Is it right for you? And I think this is one reason why, soapbox moment, all right, so just a little bit of a warning. This is one reason why we exist. The fitness professionals, we're the ones that are in charge of learning and continuing to learn and doing whatever research is necessary, asking the questions, having our basically advisors, but our mentors, right? I've got my handful of mentors that I lean on hard when I have questions, when I need something that explained a little bit more, I go to them. And for the most part, they have the answers. If they don't, they can help point me to another answer. But this is what we do because left to people, left to everyone's own like devices, we're not going to do well in the gym. If you're continuing to follow social media and you've got your influencer that has like 5 million views, 5 million likes, and they're telling you that these side bends are going to help burn belly fat and it's going to make your side stronger because your spine is such a fluid thing that it's meant to bend around and things like this, you're going to get hurt. And then you're not going to like fitness anymore. You're not going to like strength training. And you're not going to think it's right for you. So find the people, it's like a plug, just come to the gym, come to our gym, hire us. No, there's so many great fitness professionals out there, but you have to interview them, right? It's your responsibility, your health, your fitness levels are a high priority. You're investing in your body. And so you don't want to just settle for somebody that you just saw on the internet or, hey, Joe's the next trainer up on the uh, rotation. Do you want Joe? Okay, good, you got Joe. Well, why don't you ask Joe a few questions? And not just so much about Joe, what's your education? You know, Joe, how long have you been doing this? How many clients have you really worked with? Um, what, what would you do for somebody with like low back issues? You know, how do you help somebody that's got knee problems? Things like this. And if Joe has some really good answers, awesome. If Joe says, you know what, I'm not too familiar with that, but listen, I'm going to be checking in on that. I'm going to get back to you about that. That's a great answer as well. But if Joe's just talking about all this stuff that you've done before and it hasn't helped, you need to turn around and run away. That's all you got to do. And if you need any help, uh, you know, finding the right answer for what to look for in a trainer, maybe that should be another podcast episode. <gasps> I think it's going to be. Um, and that's, I, that wasn't even planned. That's just going to be something that's going to come up. Um, I'll bring on a special guest other than Josh. Josh is going to be joining us a lot, but I've got another person that I would love to talk to about finding the right trainer. So, holy cow, <laughs> what did I talk about today? I mean, I'm trying to recap here. Um, we talked about having good days and great days. We talked about my personal things with people passing away, which I don't know if that had a lot to do with it, but it was on my mind. Um, and then we just talked about oblique training. Having a good time uh, training those core muscles in a way that's integrated and not isolated. All right. I don't think that that was too bad of a, an episode. I think 
think it was a banger of an episode actually to start off this new year. So friends out there, happy new year. Uh, I'm excited for 51 more episodes in 2023. Thanks for your support and listening. Appreciate all of you. Uh, until the next time that we meet and talk, Godspeed. <laughs>